Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Got a great question courtesy of our friends at Spectrum Sports 360. If you had one game to win, a must win, who do you want to manage or coach your team for that game? Kevin Cash, John Cooper, or Bruce Arians? And the Bucks have a lot of free agents Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, Ryan Suckup, and Chris Godwin, to name a few. Who do they franchise and why? And the Rays have added some new pitchers. Who do you think will have their best year of those new guys? We've got all that and more to talk about with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Murata where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at maradastaycay.com. All right, Tommy, I, I got a really good question. You know, I, I do this thing, as you used to do all the time, uh, on Spectrum Sports, and, uh, you know, usually Chris Torello or somebody's hosting, but uh, we had one the other day. I was on with Jeff Carlson, and I thought this was a really I saw good question. this. I, I was watching it. I love the question, and I, I just kind of wanted to get your answer. Because we agreed, and I, I don't always like to agree with the, with the host, but I did in this this particular instance. So you got one game to win, one must-win game. I would you, you could say it's for a championship. I mean, I don't know what a must-win is unless it's for a championship, but what not? A must-win game. Which of Tampa Bay's three major uh, sports team coaches or managers would you want to be in charge of that game that you have to win? Would it be Kevin Cash of the Rays, John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning, or Bruce Arians of the Bucks. I know both of you guys, you and Jeff Carlson, picked Bruce Arians. Yeah, and I'll explain that. Sure. And my first instinct when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, come on! Well, you got to be kidding me!" I know it's we were well, we were, it was it's what you call recency bias is what it, we're doing. It may be recency bias. It, look, it's also hard to forget just what happened. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's it was recent, but the guy won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, he did. He's the most recent champion in any sport. At this very moment, he could probably, you know, run for uh, mayor of anywhere. And you're going to be like, yeah, I'll vote for Bruce Arians because he's done something. that. But John Cooper just won. I mean, it seems like 15 minutes ago he won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. So I I, I think in this particular case, and we, we'll, we'll hash this all out. I think John Cooper probably suffers a little bit from having a lot more chances to be in the playoffs than Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians... I, th- I want to. Am I right about that? He's five and two in the playoffs. He's five right? and two, and four of those wins came this year. So he was one and two. Well, three. Yeah, four of those went right. Yeah, one and two game. in, in yeah. playoff games prior to this season. So he, you know what he hasn't had? He hasn't had a a, a four game sweep to Columbus. He hasn't had true a you know conference final seven game conference final loss to Pittsburgh or seventh oh, game true. conference final loss. To Washington, John Cooper's had all these moments where he's been in the playoffs a bunch of times, and, and he succeeded mm-hmm. a lot, but he's also failed a lot. And so it's easy to remember those failures and say, "Well, I mean, 
it is a hit or miss thing with Cooper. I mean, I look back, they the first year that they went when they went to the Cup final against Chicago, they won a big game seven against Detroit. They won a big game seven in Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. They're up two one in that series, weren't they? Um, against the Blackhawks again, and then the Blackhawks. Yeah, they were up two one in that series. But I mean, to get there, they they beat Detroit. They in won seven. elimination games. Yeah, yeah, and they beat. And the big one was winning the, the Rangers series was that crazy make, because that didn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah, they won. They they uh, they won Game Five in New York, mm-hmm. and all they got to do is win one of the last. You know, win the next game at home against the Rangers to win the series. And they got blown out, and I, if I remember correctly, in Game Six. You figure there's no way they're going. There's win. no way they go, especially Henrik Lundqvist in in New York, Madison Square Garden, and they go up there and they win that game. I think it was two nothing and completely dominate that game. And so at that point, you're like, wow, you know. So I guess this is my long way of saying is I get why you picked Arians. I don't disagree with Arians. I probably would go with Cooper because he's also had, you know, he's won a cup and he's been to a cup final as well. It's not his playoff success isn't based on one season like Arians is. But I certainly understand why you picked Arians. What's interesting to me, Rick, is that no one's really like Kevin Cash is like getting no consideration here. Well, it's either Cooper or Arians. Cash suffers from the fact that he was there in game six. It It was an elimination game and he took the ball out of Blake Snell's hands. And I'm sorry, but he's going to have to outmanage that moment. He's yes. going to have to at least get back to that situation and beyond, or that will always be one of the first lines on his Wikipedia page. It just will. Sure, I mean, yeah, just like Jason right. Lights was going to be Roberto Aguayo, right? That's been pushed down a few graphs. Okay? Right, and, and and John Cooper's was going to be never won a cup and, until and he Columbus, did. And Columbus. Yeah, and Columbus, right. You know, got you know, won the pres- what, pre- what, president's uh, uh, trophy or whatever right. they call that thing. Yeah. And uh, set records, best, NHL records, NHL honestly, record, yeah. and lose four in a row right. to Columbus in the first round of the playoffs. So that was he needed to get past that. And he did remarkably the next year and won the cup during a pandemic, no, nonetheless. But but I think that you know that image. And look, you could argue very easily, in my opinion, based on the actual game, the actual leagues themselves, the NHL with a salary cap, modified salary cap. The NFL with a hard salary cap, baseball being the most equitable sport there is, right, in terms of, you know, the haves and have-nots, you could easily argue that Kevin Cash has by far exceeded maybe even what Cooper and, and Arians has done just because of the degree of difficulty in this market with the limited amount of money um, coming in here succeeding uh, from Joe Madden and and taking this team to, to two straight playoffs as he has going for three which has never been done before winning 90 plus games you know that many years and get to game six against the Dodgers in the World Series that after be, beating the Yankees in a, in a winner take all after Yankees beating the Astros in a winner take all Astros yeah so I mean you could you could very well argue that oh Kevin Cash has leaps and bounds exceeded anything that Cooper or Arians would would be allowed to do in a league that that offers competitive balance. That's fair, more than fair. But he won't get credit for it, and <laughs> and and you know, part of that is the organization itself. That you know, just the analytics and what the Rays have been about since day one, and you know, and all of that. I, I think it's understated the importance of the manager. 
that was true, I think, when Madden was here, although he was very, you know, he was very out front and different and all that and embraced the media. And But it's true of Cash. Cash is never going to get the credit he deserves, even though he's manager of the year. Um, I still don't think – I think people in baseball understand it, but I think too many people outside of Tampa Bay or maybe inside Tampa Bay don't realize – this is not hard. This is not easy. This is not like anything that any other league has. So we're just automatically defaulting to him as the number three. The reason I said Arians uh, in, in my, in, and so did Carlson, but the reason, the, the biggest reason is the sports are so different, right? Like yeah. you have series in those other sports. In football, when you get to the postseason especially, and sometimes before you get there, every game is an elimination game. You try to go 1-0 and each week, and, and sometimes – you know, this team was seven and five, and if they'd have lost another game in the next couple, they might not have made the playoffs. And they were trailing seventeen to nothing against the Atlanta Falcons when, you know, Tom Brady threw up thirty one points in the second half, and they never lost another game. And, you know, you look at their path that they took to go to New Orleans, well, first to Washington, which turned out to be the hardest of the games, ironically enough. But you go to Washington, you win there, then you go to New Orleans, a team that beat you five times, you beat Drew Brees in the dome. Then you go to green Bay and play the MVP of the league and Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau field in the cold and beat, beat them and then come home for the first home super bowl and take on Patrick Mahomes, the greatest next quarterback of all time. And you take him out. I mean, that's not only were those all elimination games, but you did it in a year where Brady is here and all the expectations in the first year of his offense, all that stuff. And you did it against like that run against those quarterbacks probably won't be matched for a while. Right. No, no, there's no question about it. I thought you also mentioned, uh, you, you hit on something there just a second ago about how different the sports are. And I'll say this. So Bruce Arians is getting ready to face the Kansas City Chiefs um, in the Super Bowl. And that would have been a different game plan than had you faced say, the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. you got to do a lot more coaching to get ready for that game. And I'm not dismissing what hockey coaches do or baseball managers do. But when you get to a seventh game of a series, like you're mm-hmm. pretty much like, all right, go out there and win, boys. Like you can make subtle adjustments. <laughs> you can switch the lines up a little bit. But you're not re- – is, is that your speech, really? That's, pretty much – I mean, at that you're point, get, you're not – You're saying nothing, that in the clubhouse? There's nothing you can do at that point. Like, you can, you're not going to revamp your whole style of play. You're not going to – you know, if you, once you get to a game seven, it's like, all right, that's it. Like, we know what they are. They know what we are. Let's go. Let's play. Like, with football, you're coaching, like, every game. It's, it's a new – you're preparing a new game plan. Every game. I think for coaches in, in the NHL, and I covered the NHL a long time, it's not about like the coaching the game the game. And there are a lot of good in game coaches. And, it, and Cooper I think does have you know, and, and he surrounds himself with good people. And there are good coaches out there who can make adjustments in game. But mostly I think really good coaches in the NHL create a culture and it's about practice. Like all their all their coaching is done during during the week or, or basically between games where they're practice they're practicing and they're they're putting their, like I said, they're setting the culture. They're they're setting their style. They're doing all those things. Once you get to the game, it's like those. It's now it's time to play football. I think there's a lot more coaching that are game specific. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's game plans specific to right. each team you're playing. There's no question That's about it. You, you're going to play team. Patrick Mahomes different coverage than you're going to play against uh, Drew Brees. You know, right. like against Drew Brees. 
they weren't playing too deep. They were playing man, man. They were they were they were beating up their receivers, trying to take his timing off, uh, and forcing him to try to throw the ball down the field against Patrick Mahomes. They're like, now we've seen this before with Tyree Kill. We're going to keep two deep safeties back. We're going to rush four, and we're going to have to get home with those four guys because we're not blitzing. You know, we're we're not we're not turning guys loose into into the into the field for Patrick Mahomes to sit back there and find them. And so it absolutely is specific. You, you you don't just go out there and throw the pucks or the ice or, you know, it's and, pitcher, and, and it's, I don't want to dismiss or, like what they're doing. Like the, those guys, I've been on planes after games. Oh, they make all kinds of with John Tortorella, where as soon oh, as he yeah. gets on a plane until they land, he's looking at video absolutely. and trying to figure out other teams' power plays and what they mm-hmm. do. You know, what how do they or if Ovechkin's killing you, how do we how do we do? What adjustments do we make? I mean, they make adjustments between games and all, but right. I do think it's. You know, I was reminded, like, uh, so, and you and you appreciate this, Rick. Like, when it comes to baseball, I, I remember my son played one of my one of my kids. I think it was my youngest one played on a on a baseball team, a youth league team, and he had a coach. And he was a pretty good coach, but he was mainly a football coach. He was a pee wee football coach, mm-hmm. and he also coached baseball too. And it's because his son played, and his son was a really good athlete. Well, it's one of those things where in baseball it was almost like they were coaching after every play. Like a kid would hit a ground ball, like Johnny, you got to make that play. Hey, mm-hmm. and it was like so much. Basically, what what you do in football after football every play, you're making. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you know, Rick, having played baseball your whole life, is that's not the way baseball works. It's no. got to be. You can't be coaching. You can't be intense every play. Nope. It's it's just not the way the the game works. It's Mm-mm. not it's not the rhythm of the sport. You know. Right. Right. No, there's nothing wrong with a you know. Hey, move over, take a step to your left, hit the cutoff, man. Do blah blah blah. But this idea of this intense coaching between every play, that's football. That's not baseball. You know. It's interesting, too. Um, you talk about the rhythm of those sports, and you've covered all of them. You know, I would assume it's somewhat similar in hockey because they play so many games. But when you, when you lived in my universe, as I have um, for this many years covering the NFL, and I still don't know how I, I ended up covering the NFL as a baseball guy my whole life, um, it, is a, it is a slow and steady build to three hours on Sunday, right? Like, like every day is a buildup and you sort of manufacture whether it's injuries, you know, it's crisis or carnival. Like everything is a big deal. Oh, he sprained his ankle in practice. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Oh, wait, wait a minute. This guy's going to, he took reps at the nickel corner. He's a safety. You mean he played nickel corner in practice? Well, you can't write that. Because you can't write who's playing what position in practice because then that would give away the secret to the other team. But they right. got to play whoever you put out there. What difference is it? No, 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 no. You know, and, and, and football has always been sort of like the Manhattan Project. Like, I'm sorry, you got to put on these sunglasses. You're not allowed to see anything, you know. It's just football. Okay, whatever. But there's a different mentality, right? Like everything leading up to those three hours, and then it's all about those three hours, right? You pour 100 hours into just those three and if you win, you can win the Super Bowl. And if you lose, you're never going to win another game and guys are getting fired. That's just the way it feels. But in baseball, you go from that, and I had forgotten when I would go help out, you know, with the Rays and Mark Topkin or something on a Sunday, you know, they might get blasted, you know, mm-hmm. 12 to 1. They got about three hits, you know. Yeah. The other team had about five home runs, you know. Your ace got lit up. And after the game, it's like, yeah, I was, we were never really in that one, you know, it's once they separated, it was really hard. I'm proud of our guys for, you know, trying to have some good at bats, and you know, especially Johnny who went in there and you know gave us 
good length there. Gave us five innings, only <laughs> give up five runs. But, you know, he saved the bullpen. And you're like, wait a minute. You freaking lost. You got destroyed, man. Like, like where's the... Where's the venom? Where's the anger here? Right, You're just right. taking this. No, no one seems angry about it in the clubhouse. Like I talked to the, you know, no one's throwing any equipment. Like what's going on? No, and the same thing happened with ho- when I covered hockey and when I covered the Lightning, especially some really good teams like some of the Tortorella teams and even with the Cooper teams uh, that went to the finals. There were some times where they would, they would get blown out and they would lose a game six to one. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, Torch is going to blow a gasket after this one. And you go down there and you ask Torch, like, what happens? Like, yeah, we're tired. We're just tired. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we were due for an off night. They're mm-hmm. like, well, what was wrong with Vinny? Vinny, like, yeah, he needed to rest. Like, he, it wasn't his night. Like, like, Mike Evans can't not have it. He can't have an off day. Can't drop football. a ball. Can't no. drop a ball. What not happened? one ball. What no. happened? Uh, uh, you know, we're killing yeah. him for, for dropping a ball. Yeah. Whereas Tortorella would be like, yeah, the, you know, Vin, Vinny's been working hard. It's, it, tonight was not our night. And it was like, uh, are you practicing tomorrow? No, tomorrow off day. We're giving a day off. Like, <laughs> it's and yeah, because and it is because they realize it's an eighty-two game season. Oh yeah, you can't go crazy on right. everything. You'd which which goes in. to and I, again, it's not meaning one coach is, you know, more impactful than another. But I do think when it comes to games, specific games, I do think football coaches have more of an impact on a game than managers have on a game. Now, we can look at Kevin Cash and go, <laughs> he took Blake Snell out. That had an impact on the game. But, but you, know, you know my overall point. I no, think- I agree with you. I think, I think and, and there's probably some truth to it, but, you know, if you've got Garrett Cole on the mound, you're probably going to manage pretty well that day. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, but by the same token, Tom Brady's made a few coaches look good too. You know? Right. But but there is a lot of game planning and 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 like you see it during a season, right? With football, you know, you have new players and you have guys who get hurt. It's a collision sport. You you know, I mean, I know baseball over the course of one sixty two. That's kind of a war of attrition too. But it's not like, hey, when this guy's out, he's done for the year. You know what right. I mean? Like you you've lost your starting quarterback or you've lost your starting uh, left tackle. That's a big deal. Just ask Kansas City. You know, they didn't have either tackle. Uh, for the Super Bowl, and they got chewed up for it. So that's not necessarily the case with baseball. You know, I I think you can you can survive some of that, but it's still it's still players playing, coaches coach. You know what I mean? No, like, but I mean you talked about like Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill just carved up the Bucks in that first game, and they made adjustments. So like this can't did. happen again. Well, if you if you go out there and and Garrett Cole, mm-hmm. you know, throws nothing but peace in mm-hmm. game one, and you come out for game five, I mean, you could have some advice. Like, yeah, I worked a cow. But at the end of the day, it's like, what's it's your advice? Like, hit the, I don't know, hit the guy. Like, yeah, I'm trying to hit him. Like, there's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me hit G-Man Choice is the only the guy black. that can hit him. G-Man can hit him. I can't hit him. G-Man right. owns him. What do you want me to say? That was the that was the old, like, there was an old line one time where uh, Bob, remember Bob Gibson was like the pitching coach yeah. for the Atlanta Braves. And there was a tight jam guy. Like, the other team had guys on second and third with nobody, nobody out or two outs or whatever. And Joe Torrey was the manager. He'd send Gibson out, like, hey, go talk to him. And the guy, Gibson, comes out there. And the pitcher, and the pitcher looked at him and said, well, what do you think? He goes, three fastballs on the black. Boom, boom, boom. Let's get out of here. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you're Bob Gibson. Would you <laughs> throw I'm throwing, throwing a bunch of uh, lemons up there. You want me to throw throw uh, peas? You know, so. There's only so much you can do. I remember talking to John Gruden a lot of times. He, he would always be like, you know, it's hard to get a first down. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, to be honest with you, it's hard to win a game. It's hard to win a game. Hard to get a first down. 
And they'd say, you know, I'll tell you what, man, it's third and 12th. How about I give you the chalk and you draw a play that works, okay? <laughs> that's I, what, have, I got nothing on this script for third and 12, man. You know what I mean? Like, we're that, just hoping at that point. That's what Terry Crisp, we used to go in and in the early days of Lightning when they were really bad and say, uh, Crispy, you guys are 0 for your last 17 on a power play. What are you going to do? And I, like, I don't know. You pick the guys. You see Gretzky's name on this sheet? I don't see it. <laughs> what do you want me to do? We got so many guys. I remember one time, the one one of the few times I covered, and I love this spot. Kevin Cash to me is great because he's he's both a, a an incredible competitor, right? Like he hates losing. He like he's as competitive as hell, and and yet he has to sell sort of the Rays way. You know, everybody put their hand in a pile, do your job kind of thing, right? You know, if you start or close or whatever. But they were talking about uh, at this particular game. Um, they were kind of like around first place. I don't know what part of the year it was in the Yankees, you know, and the Yankees lineup was stupid, right? It was, you know, all those guys that you read about. And somebody said something about the Yankees and he goes, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, our lineup is pretty much just like the Yankees. If you really look at it. And he was completely like, yeah. you know, tongue in cheek, but it was just, he was so aware. Like, come on, are you serious? <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> they got they're a freaking all star team over there, man. They just go into their baseball cards, and it's like, yep, here's one. Uh, <laughs> here's Aaron Judge. Here's 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 uh, here's Stanton. You know, like, um, and uh, so you know, it, it 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 is players playing coaches coach. But you're right, football football coaches, and they did they they game planned, and and each week it was a, a progressive thing with you know the evolution of the offense and adding things here and taking some things away. So. But anyway, we agreed. Um, Jeff Carlson. Yeah, I, I look. I, I. I totally. I. It's hard to disagree with it. I will say this, Rick. That I think you could make an argument, and I know some Bucks people might really push back on this, but you could make an argument that right now we have the three greatest coaches in each of the franchise history. Right now, now you could make the argument with Dungey and even Gruden over Arians with the Bucks. I think Cooper's the best. Cooper's now surpassed Tortorella as the greatest coach. Or could you could you say Joe Madden though and, and Cash are still close? Yeah, you could. I mean, they both went to one World Series and lost. Both them. went to one World Series in and six lost. games. Yeah, well, I think uh, wasn't it six? I think Madden lost in five to Philly. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, their their resumes are very similar. I actually think Kevin Cash has had less to work with. Than Joe Madden did. I think Joe Madden had more talent. Joe inherited though a, a team, and maybe Kevin did too. I'd have to look. They lost a hundred, and then he lost a hundred oh, games sure. his first year. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. But there I mean, was no culture, is what I'm saying. At least no. Kevin Cash walked into at that time a rebuilt Rays front office yes. and culture that was Agreed. a winning culture. Yes, there were guys on this team who were still where a part of a, a winning team. Nobody knew. Joe Madden or the Rays as winners, you know, per right. se, because Joe had been a career minor leaguer or a bench right. coach. I think so. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, I think you can go with either one. I think Cooper. I think I can make an argument with for Cash if I had to. So uh, you're telling me Cooper is better than Torts at this point? Yeah, I think I think the Cup did it. The Cup surpassed yeah. him. You know, um, that and he Eastern went to Conference another Cup finals. He went to yeah. He's been two, to two Stanley Cups. Two, two Stanley Cup finals. Won one of them. Went to yeah. two other. Uh, conference finals. He's got the most wins, right? By far. Got the mo- I believe he's now surpassed him. So yeah. now with the Bucks, I, I mean, I get the Dungy argument. You know, again, same thing. No culture when he got there. Mm-hmm. Turned it into a winner. Didn't win a Super Bowl though. Didn't win a Super Bowl. Arians Didn't go has. to one. You no. Know? 
And look, Arians has made some adjustments that other people didn't have to make. I mean, I mean, we could sit there and say, yeah, great. He brought in a fantasy team and, you know, he look, he brought in a lot of guys and had to keep them happy. I mean, they he had help with Brady, I'm sure. But I mean, you know, well, they it, built that team primarily. I mean, that, that there's a reason Brady came. They did add Gronkowski and Fournette and ironically, Antonio Brown. All those guys scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl. They were seven and five, Rick. This thing could have gone off the rails hard. Easily. You know? Easily. And people could have started complaining about, I'm not getting the ball. You sure. Know, well, I'm, I don't I don't get enough touches. Right. It could have gone south, and it didn't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I, I said, I, I'm sure Brady had something to do with that, too, but still. He had a lot to do with it, and I think, I think B.A. and Brady both sort of believed. The belief that those two guys had in each other and in the fact that, that this team was going to win a Super Bowl, that, that – that they just had to keep plugging along and it was going to happen. And they got breaks. Every team does. Um, again, the injuries that they had in Green Bay at left tackle, the two tackles out against Kansas City, the home Super Bowl, which was never been done before, was certainly an advantage for them. There's so many things that sort of fell. But that's usually the case with any team that wins a championship. Every team back. every team wins a cup. They, or yeah. a cup or a, a World Series or whatever. They get a break. They get help. Yeah, yeah. they catch a break somewhere. They get help. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Marina Bay St. Petersburg, luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on Bocasiega Bay. All new construction is available now. Contact them at marinabaystpete.com or call 727-906-3300. Speaking of the Rays, they've added a bunch of pitchers and one that we know very well in Chris Archer. But of these guys, let me just ask you to predict since everybody, full squad's in there now, right? So, you know, you have a lot of guys who's, who are big names, but as John Romano wrote, were big names in 2015. But here they are. Michael Waka, of course, we remember him in most of his success coming with St. Louis. Archer, Chris Archer, um, who was here for most of his career, went away to Pittsburgh, got, got injured. Now he's back. Rich Hill was with the Dodgers all those years, went to two World Series, didn't win one because um, he wasn't with them a year ago when they won. Colin McHugh, who is – Big pitcher for the Astros um, during some of their championships, and then they they got a young kid, um, Luis Patino from uh, San Diego, uh, and so he's he's apparently got an electric arm. But of of the old, we'll just say the older guys. We don't know much about Luis. Yeah, who do you think is there going to be one of those guys that you look back at the end of the season and you go, "Yep, that's the Rays' impact right there. They got him turned back around, and man." Where would they be without who? This could I could to, totally fall flat on my face with this. I like Michael Waka. I yeah, think they're okay. You know, he's still young. He's not. I don't even think he's thirty yet. Is he? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's twenty nine. Twenty nine. I want to say twenty nine or maybe thirty. Like, but mm-hmm. still, you know, still young. Look, he's only a couple of years removed. I think it was two thousand eighteen where he had a pretty decent ERA. Like. You know, like a little over three, like 3.20 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, this guy's a former all-star, uh, you know, not that far removed. Like I, I'm looking at some of his stats now. Decent whip in 2018, you know, 1.2. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a guy that I think can can bring it back. I would like to think that Archer may be a little bit humbled and, and maybe working with, you know, Kyle Schneider, maybe yeah. can figure some things out. Rich Hill, veteran guy. Again, Charlie Morton came over and continued to have a good, a good career. Um, but I, if I had to get, if I'm, if if we're just like, hey, here, take a flyer on this guy. 
I like Michael, that. Michael Walker might be that guy. I like that. He's 29 years old, as you mentioned, still a young guy. Um, his his win loss record, if you're into that, and I am. Some people don't think it matters now. I do. He's 60 and 43, which is very good. Yeah. Uh, career under average of just right at four, 4.01. Um, really, you know, was an all star. You got to go again. You got to go back to 2015. He, he was the MVP of the uh, NLCS going way back 2013. Um, you know, college pitcher that came up and was great for the Cardinals, but you're right. He was with the he was with the Red Sox. Opted out last year, I believe. I think that was his his story. Was it not? Yeah, he pitched a little. He was with the Mets a little bit in. Oh, was he with the Mets? Am I thinking he of McHugh? Pitched, I might be thinking of McHugh. He pitched a little bit with the Mets in. 2020. He was with the Mets last year. I was wrong. I'm thinking seven of starts. You know, he only won one game. Yeah, I mean, he had a rough year. That's six point six two earned run average. So that's um, right. Waka was with the Mets. My bad. Yeah, Again, that's right. No, but I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has question marks. There's a reason why he's available, to you know, at the deal that he came in for. Yeah, but he's not that far removed from, you know, some, some from some decent seasons. You know, if he yeah. can stay healthy. Well, you know, outstanding rookie year that was for sure, 2013. So, okay, I like that one. I would say, hmm, if you're gonna go Waka. I'm going to go Colin McHugh because I, I think he, he had success with the Astros. He might be, you know, he might be a guy that can can step into that role that we've seen before some of these older starters. I don't think any of these guys, by the way, are going to have 200 innings. I don't. I think they're going to split them up. I think they're going to pitch a lot of guys about 100 innings instead of one guy or six guys, 200, five guys, 200 innings. So I think they're all going to get their chances. Um, you know what I read? I was surprised uh, – and Mark Tompkin wrote about this, that both Willie Adamas and Kevin Kiermaier, you can see why Kevin Kiermaier thought this, they both thought they might be traded. Sure. You know? I'm surprised Kiermaier's still here. Are you? I am too, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. For that money and the fact that, you know, he's I don't know that he's an everyday player anymore, and they got Brett Phillips now to play defense and run a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I thought mm, this could be a, a, an area where they pinch a few pennies. But if they hadn't traded Blake Snell... I think Kiermaier would be gone. That's that's yeah, that's well, that's a big salary that dropped off, right? I mean, although Kiermaier now is the high, I think he's the highest paid player, is he not? I, I believe that's or, true. Darn, yes. Yeah, ten million dollars or something like that. You know, the other number that the other thing that Topkin wrote this week that depressed me beyond <laughs> no end was him talking about the the Tatis deal. For whatever that is, seven billion dollars. Fourteen or years, yeah. yeah, for three hundred whatever it was, eighty million or whatever. Like, okay, what's Wonder Franker going to be worth in like four years? Oh God, you that's know? right. Like, he's not even here yet, <laughs> and we're already like, oh, we can't sign him. Here's Forget the thing: I've been, they've been talking about Wonder Franco so long that <laughs> he's not real. He seems like he's Generalissimo Francisco Franco. I, I, you know, like, is he still alive? Is he still um, real? Yeah, that's it, an old joke. People will know. They have to look it up. It's it's fine, uh, but but like, is he a real prospect? Like, are we? I mean, why? And let me ask you this too: like, you don't want to rush a guy, and it's all about well, we want to control him for an extra year. If we bring him up in too soon, then we you know he'll get to arbitration. If you're great, I've always believed this, Tom, and and you, your son is into music, and I think this is true of of any profession. Tell me if I'm wrong. Greatness shows up early, and it shows up before you're ready for it. You just know it when you see it. It's not – some people learn how to be great. Some people have careers later. They're late bloomers. I'm still waiting to bloom. 
But then, but greatness, like true greatness, you see it right away. You yeah. see it right away, and they exceed any expectation. You know, Alex Rodriguez did not look or feel out of place at 19 years old. No, it's weird that you bring up Alex Rodriguez because I remember having a conversation with Lou Pinella one time, and Lou Pinella was a big believer in guys should have whatever it is, you know, a thousand at bats in the minors or whatever, right, whatever right. the number is, you know, 500 innings or 500. 500 at bats yeah, or, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like the, the, he had these like sort of like Metrics. mile posts that, right, had, right. that if you really wanted to be a successful major leaguer, this is what you had to do. Yeah. And yet he had Alex uh, Rodriguez at a young age and played him. And he, and you're right. He certainly Ken Griffey jr. Ken Griffey jr. Was at age 19 or 18 Played with his dad for God's sake. Yeah. And looked and looked like a, like, like you belong Ken Griffey jr. Yeah. So, but I, I get you. I get you on that. I, what are we waiting for? I know. I know. And the thing was, it's, it's, you know, William Thomas had that incredible, like last half of 2019, and Great he had a really playoffs. good post. He had a really yeah. good postseason against Houston. I thought yeah, and looked really like I. I thought for sure in twenty twenty. Now maybe things got messed up. Maybe it were weird because of COVID and everything. But I mean, the guy was putting on like like giving glasses. Like maybe maybe there's something wrong with his eyes. Like when you're you going to glasses, see in the dome, remember? <laughs> yeah, the bright when, the when, lights were too bright. Yeah, when you're in the middle of the season and you're going to Walgreens picking up readers and stuff like the hit. That's not good. Yeah, yeah something's wrong. Something's gone off the rails, and so. Um, and Wish so maybe, maybe if he, you know, if he were the, the Willie Adamas, we thought he was going to be, I, then there would be less, in, you but, know, less, but, but more patience with one. A Frank, part of that. You, yeah. Okay. Forget who's in front of him because Adamas could play second and you could move, you know, loud to the outfield or whatever. Okay. Because right. they, these guys all play different positions. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. But to me, like if Wander Franco is all that, I watch these guys swing and miss and make a ton of outs in the postseason, I still try to figure out how they made it to Game 6 of the World Series. I really am. But are you telling me, as great as this guy, everybody says he is, and he is, he couldn't have helped you? What Are you afraid? I mean, it's got, is it an economic thing? Is it, Are you afraid that you're going to hurt his confidence? Like, what? Everybody says he's special, and they don't, you know? How do you hold yeah, special no, I think, back? I think there's this. You're right, I, and I and I think they start they get in their heads a little bit. Now maybe it is a financial thing, and that's why they're doing it. For the Rays, it might be. For the Rays, it might be like, look, we bring this guy up before June. You know what's going to happen? We got him one less year. But I know these guys. I've talked to teams in the past, and they worry about bringing guys up. And you ask them why, and they say, well, we don't want to bring him up. He's not ready. We have to send him back down, and it really kills his confidence. Like, and maybe there's no, something to won't. it for some guys, but not for I'm with guys you. Special. Right, and I'm with you. Like, like if you if you were to have I, this happened a lot in hockey too when I covered hockey, where you would say, okay, bring a guy up and play him, and and you felt like, well, we're going to bring him up, and we're going to play him if we're going to play him. You know, we're only we're only going to bring him up if he's going to get in and really play. We're not yeah. going to bring him up to play Otherwise, four we minutes want no a night. Work. Yeah, right. We'd rather have him playing twenty minutes in the minors, and I get that. Than get four that. minutes here, and so you don't want to bring Wander Franco up here. And sit him on a bench, bench and give him like no. you know two starts a week or you know. But you shouldn't have to. My point but, is right. What, what you, who are you sitting? You know who's he sitting behind? Yeah. You know Willie Adamas. Well, put Willie at second or platoon Willie from second to third to wherever. Like find you can find if Willie's playing well and Willie's hitting the baseball and he's making plays in the infield, you'll find a place for him. I just think that they outthink themselves, and I think a lot of it is economic, and it may just be the Rays' way. 
Um, but to me, all I've heard about it for years now is wonderful. And I get he's got to go through something. You can't just go straight to the big leagues, although some people have. But I'm surprised that like we're not just he's just not going to be there on opening day. Why? And I don't. I look. I don't know. I don't know Wander Franco at all. Like I don't know. No, what maybe maybe like. maybe maturity wise, he's not ready for. There the you go. Big, maybe the, he's not the ready the for the life. The big league. Yeah, he's not ready for the lifestyle yet. That's it's not, right. It's, you don't worry about him from seven o'clock till ten o'clock. There's a bunch of grown ass men over there. Right. You worry about him from like midnight to four or whatever, right. or or just you know the day to day. Just know? the maturity of of somebody of having to go through the grind of a major league season. Right. And dealing with the media and and all that stuff. You know. Yeah. So maybe that has some. I don't know. But I'm with you. It's. After a while, you get tired of hearing about, oh, Wonder Franco, wait till he gets here. <laughs> like, okay. okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Maybe if he was there last year in the World Series, you get a couple more hits and you don't have to worry about Blake Snow. I'm exactly. just saying. Yeah. Would have liked to have seen him. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay brought to you by Brightling Boutique. You know, Brightling Boutique and International Plaza is one of only 15, that's right, 15 in the United States, and they've welcomed championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and boxers, and they treat everybody like celebrities are going to treat you that way, too. Now, if you go in there, just tell them that Rick or Steve sent you. And just by trying on one of these beautiful Swiss watches, they will give you a free Breitling cap. That's a $60 value. Breitling Boutique, International Plaza. Let's wrap it up on this. The Lightning will win their division and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Or do you take one of these two teams – Florida or Carolina? Would you take the Lightning or the field in this division that one of them go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. Because I, I thought you were going to say win the division. I think somebody's – I think – forget the division. Like the, the I division. thought you were going to say win the division because I'll take well, the field we, if we're going to win We can the go with the division and the field, but – But I think they're two I'm, different things. So like, do you do you think that even if the Lightning don't win the division, you would take them to go to the Finals, or would you like Florida or Carolina? I give you either – I'll give you both teams – to go to the Eastern Conference Final or the Lightning, you take you take Florida and Carolina or the Lightning. Which I'll take do? the Lightning to go to the finals because I like really? their goaltending so much better. Yeah, than the well, other. that's two true. teams and I, and like Vasilevsky. We saw it the other night against Carolina. Although Carolina shut them out twice already. Carolina shut them out twice, but and and would have won the game the other night if Vasilevsky hadn't just been spectacular. Spectacular, yeah. Uh, I still think there's a. He's actually getting better, by the way. He is. You know the thing, Rick. I, I was thinking about this the other day when they had him first coming up mm-hmm. and they had Ben Bishop back then. Yeah, they did. And I remember talking to Steve Eiserman and we were, we were asking about Vasilevsky and Eiserman was real careful not to like over, you know, overrate him, somebody yeah. or hype somebody. Cause he, cause he was that guy when he played and he knows right. how hard it can be on a player, but all from everything, like he told me, he said, look, man, I'm telling you sort of in quiet, like not to, not to, we weren't quoting him at the time. He said, we haven't seen scouting reports on a goaltender like this since Martin Marty Brodeur, Brodeur right? Yeah, like this guy, we're talking like all-time elite. This is when he was like 18. Yeah. And everybody was like, you know. You know and then we, we would say in the league, gold jacket guy. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Hall mm-hmm. of Famer right out of the gate. And the thing was, remember, you know, Bishop was injured or at some yeah. big games and Vasilevsky went in. And Vasilevsky had a reputation at least was he was giving up three. You, so if you won, you had to win 4-3, or mm-hmm. if you lost, you were going to lose 3-2. But he was giving up three. Mm-hmm. And one of them would be, eh. And now it's just like he's just at a whole other level. And, I mean, you, and it's not just P- 
people who watch him every night. I mean, you see the the Athletic did a big poll recently, you know, asking all the GMs in the league if you had one goalie to win a game, who would it be? Andre Vasilevsky, like all almost. He's GMs. the best goaltender on the planet. He is, and so with that, and I also think I don't know. I I still get this idea that the. the they're sort of on cruise control right now. Like they started off well enough that they know they're going to win. Lost three out of four, though. I mean, I know, but I mean, they're look. They've they've lost four games in regulation, right? Out of seventeen or whatever. I mean, they're they're fine. They're going to be fine <laughs> unless they get beat up. Now, hey, what happened to the guy that was doom and gloom? Now I'm both guys. Now is that right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I I'm be... neither, and you've well. taken over both. I, I, I don't know. I just. I think now they got the swag. They got the confidence. They know they can turn it I'm on. I'm going to tell you what's going to make the difference for the Tampa Bay Lightning. If, if assuming the, the bulk of their roster stays healthy because they need Sorelli back, and that's right. And Hedman right cannot get hurt. Hedman cannot get hurt. Let's assume that, that those, those cataclysmic yeah. injuries do not occur. Imagine this because I saw it a little bit with the Bucks. Not the same thing, but you'll stay with me here. Yeah. You get to the postseason. And you're a pretty good hockey team. You're either the top seed, or you you won your division, or maybe you you didn't, but you're you're in it. And all of a sudden, here comes Nikita Kucherov, mm-hmm. and you just added him. You've added the MVP of the the league, one of the top five players, one in of the top world. five players in the world. Yeah. He just kind of skates out there and goes, "I'm ready, boys. How you doing?" And he's got mm-hmm. fresh legs. Mm-hmm. And now you've added that guy for the postseason. That's just like and, – and this is not the same. I'm not trying to make the equivalency here, but but stay with me. Was there a bigger addition than Vita Vea against the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs? Really? Mm. You got that guy back? Right. You got a guy that could push the pocket like pick. that? and could, But a dominant guy, – a guy that was dominant when he went out and was dominant when he came back and created all kinds of hell – for for teams trying to block those guys on the edge all of a sudden because you couldn't block Vita with one guy. Like but Kucherov, my goodness, one of the greatest hockey players, you know, in the world and certainly you know in the league and you're going he's going he's going to skate on out there for the postseason, really? Yeah. That's scary. To me that's the trump card, right? No matter how you're playing. Right. You get to the postseason if that guy can go. Boy. What a condition. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so. That's why I think, I don't know. Like I said, You'll I think the I think they're yeah. on cruise control right now. I think they'll look. There's some. No, there's some no, other. I teams. think Florida's really, really good. I think Florida is really good. I, I think, think Carolina. Legit. Carolina was the team that when I looked around, Dallas, and obviously Dallas made the finals last year. Yeah. But Carolina was a team too that I thought, ooh, look out for Carolina. They're coming. You know, look. Mm-hmm. There's some other good teams out there though. I mean, some of those other conferences. Boston's really good. Their Toronto's playing really well. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I'm not. If you ask me, Lightning or the field to win the cup? Well, it's hard to win back. It's hard, yeah, it's hard to win back. So it's you know you would take the field, but I think they're going to get there. Yeah, I think they'll get there too. And uh, it was good to see them bounce back against Carolina. They play them seventeen more times in a row. Oh, jeez! Don't know know if you're aware of this. It's weird this year, man. Everything feels like a series. Like when they get in the playoffs, it's going to be like, oh yeah, they play them four times. Okay, yeah, they did that before. I can't wait. I cannot wait. For more reasons than just sports, but I mean, for sports wise, it'll be so nice when things get back to normal. I know. Well, get ready. I think next season for everything. Like, next well, fall, maybe not. Yeah, I think. I think come, it's gonna be next fall. I think come football season, I, I'm I'm hoping, praying. Well, if we we'll we get a pandemic behind us, I think you might have to be vaccinated, and you may still have to wear a mask. But I I would agree with you. I think the stadiums will be 
Pro- well, you and I have talked about this. I want masks all the time, just because I don't want to look at everybody's grill to begin with. Like, well, some normal. people. I found my personal experience is everybody looks better. I think I, so too, including myself. I, and they smell better too. And you, the thing is, like, you don't have to shave all the time, you know? Right. And I'm talking about me in this case, but well, you don't have to give also hair. too, like you, ever, you know, the like when you're in line with somebody at the store, and you give that fake little mm, smile. Yeah, they can't see you. You don't smile yeah. with your. Have you learned to smile with your eyes? Have you done that? <laughs> <laughs> this is important because people don't know what you're thinking if you're just kind of like looking at them. But I like them not knowing what I'm thinking. I know. <laughs> I like. I like that they don't know what I'm saying. They can't read my lips. Let's put it that way. You know, so. Just so you know, when you do read lips, when you say love you much and SOB, they look exactly the same. Really? Try one day. Yeah. It's I'll amazing. try that, yeah. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Moffitt Cancer Center. Moffitt is a proud partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Call 1-888-MOFFITT, M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Um, okay, so uh, what do we got going on at uh, pointer.org, uh, Tom? Do uh, you know what normalcy again? Really? <laughs> I hate to say it, yeah, it's like Are things you know, calmed down a bit. Things have calmed down a little bit. I mean, we still we're, we're always going to have this sort of divisiveness that we've had lately. But there yeah. was actually a story in uh, I forget which it was either the Post or New York. No one's t- tweeting or, as much. No one's. No, it uh, was like the like like there people. Some of the reporters in Washington are. Now enjoying the fact that they can have normal weekends again. Like it's not oh, yeah. waking up and looking at Twitter right away just to make sure that <laughs> nobody has said anything nobody and you know it's, who I'm talking about. Yeah, the say anything crazy. And it's like, you know what? I planned on going to the park on Saturday afternoon with my kids. I can do that. I can do that now because nothing <laughs> happened. You know, so it's been different with the uh how do you like the Jen Saki and the press conference? That's 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 pretty good. Yeah, fashion, I like right? her. Uh, I think she's um I think she's been pretty transparent. I think it's yeah. been pretty. It's definitely been more respectful. And I, and I was never a big Kaylee McEnany fan, and it's, it had nothing to do with the politics. It just had to do with her disposition. They didn't do many of them though. At the end, I mean, no, they were sort of scattered. And I know people will say, "Well, the media was mean to her." Like, mm, I, I think, I think she was overwhelmed in her job. Personally. I'm looking forward to actually having a conversation face to face, mask or not, not with a, with another athlete. I know, and and will it happen? Like I don't know. I, I don't know that it'll ever be the same. I've told people this before. I don't know that we're ever going to go into a locker room again. And people go, well, "Why would you want to go in a locker room?" Well, that's you know generally that's not the not, stories are. not the time when they're showering, but like I, that that's where you can go from. You don't have to follow the pack, right? When everybody's zigs, you zag. You can get some one-on-ones. You can talk to people as people. They get to see you every day. It's not always about football. It's where you build relationships. And really what we do is about relationships. And I have a distinct feeling that I will never be in the same room, much less a one-on-one conversation with Tom Brady. He'll be here two years, and I don't think I'll ever do that. Isn't that weird? I don't know. I'll disagree with that. I I think I don't think it'll be. Uh, it will happen next year on the podium because he doesn't do podiums. He used to do it in front of his locker. But I think the there will. I think there will come a time where you'll be. And I don't think you'll have many opportunities. I think we're only talking maybe a couple of times where you'll be able to like sit with Tom Brady for twenty Something. minutes. Yeah, really? just alone. Yeah, I wow. do think that's coming. I wish you were Nelson. Maybe Lewis. I don't. May you know what? Maybe I'm. <laughs> maybe not Tom Brady. Like yeah, it, there you go. Another quarter, Rob like, Gronkowski, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Anybody, and I, and I, I just maybe Brady's just the exception overall across the entire league. Didn't used to be. Maybe if the quarter, if the quarterback here was 
anybody else. And anybody. Well, Philip Rivers. He was, he was he was Tom Brady in uh, in New England, and those guys those guys uh, the beat writers talked to him alone. Like could the guy, somebody from the Boston um, Globe? You know, get him I don't for know if minutes? they ever got him alone. It might have been in a scrum. You might have had to like lay back and and get a couple questions in here or there. But I I imagine that they did that. They all had their day. You know what I mean? Or yeah. they all had, my, any, they all had I, stories I guess about it. My only fear, and and I know you've had this too, is that now that leagues have experienced what it's like to provide you access, it's not the access you want, but, it's but controlled it is access. access. It's controlled access where yeah. we just do Zoom calls from now on. You know, the the Tampa Bay Lightning have started this thing God, in the last couple it. of years where it's, you know, we you know you ask for, okay, who do you want after the game? Like, oh, Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman. And then you go in the locker room and on the bulletin or on the chalkboard, it says, you know, 91 and uh, yeah. 86 and 77. And those are the guys that need to stick around. And then everybody goes, okay, Steven Stamkos available. And everybody goes to Stamkos. Okay, Victor Hedman. And everybody goes to Hedman. That's not the way it used to be. It used to be when I covered years ago. Now, of course, they weren't nearly as well, good. Well, are you in the locker room when this occurs? You're in the locker room and you're surrounding them, and they're you know they're standing. But can in, you can you just can you go? Well, you guys get Hedman. I'm going over here to talk to Sorelli. You you can, although Sorelli may not stick around if his name's not on the board because he wasn't requested. Now, usually you could saddle up to a PR guy and say, hey, can I get Sorelli for a minute? But then yeah. what happens is Sorelli comes out and then 17 other people jump over. You've been in that Bucks locker room. You know what it's so like, So it's a right? pack. It's a pack. It's, it's sort of a pack mentality, but it's been encouraged by the teams. And it's and if Stamkos is talking, then Kucherov's not going to talk until Stamkos is done. Gotcha. Because like Kucherov's like, well, I don't want to talk twice. Mm-hmm. You're going to ask me questions by yourself, and then everybody's going to come over when they're done with Stamkos. And and ask me the same questions. I'm not going to do this twice, and so it gets frustrating. And I think now that now that we've seen, like, well, we can give you Brady Gronkowski, David, and Shaq Barrett on Zoom calls right after a game. Why would why do you you know what what else do you need? What else do you want? Uh, that's I want, what the, I want say. the guy that dropped five passes, right. and I don't get him. That's the problem. Right, and so. Yeah. That's where that's my only un, that's the only thing I worry about is that teams are going to be like oh, we, they can, we can provide Why, access and, yeah. and not really provide the access that you want but and I get it why wouldn't they want to it's their product they get, they want to control it it makes perfect sense for them right. I'm not sure, I'm not sure that we're serving our readers that way but you're not serving you're not serving the audience at all and the reason you're not serving the audience at all is because when you get I don't care name the athlete name any athlete even the guys who are most accessible to the media, even a Rob Gronkowski. You put him on a Zoom call with 20 other people, he's not going to say anything. Not real. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. If you're not going to get his personal story, you're not going to get Something His guard's that, not down. It's is it, you know he's on. He's performing. He's got the lights on him. The cameras on him. He knows it. Right. And as yeah. you know, Rick, is when you, even when you're in a pack, interviewing an athlete, I'm working on a like. So if if you're there, you're t- you're we're talking. We're all talking to Jameis Winston. Well, I'm doing a story on Jameis Winston and um, 
his uh, his connection with Mike Evans, and you're and someone else is doing a story on Jameis Winston and uh, you know Florida State, and somebody else. Well, we're all asking different questions. You can't get into a rhythm. You can't get into a. You can't follow. It's hard to follow no up. Follow with up. Yeah. Whereas if you get a guy one on one, you can really get an in depth conversation. Look, and you can read some of the stories that we've done over the years that are really good stories about personal things in a guy's life. You did a great story. One story that stands out to me a couple of years ago is you did a, a spectacular story on OJ Howard. You went to his hometown. You hung out with him. You rode yeah, around town was, with him. That was fun. Okay. So you did. I went to Russia one time with Vinny LeCavie. I mean, these are special stories where we're traveling to Russia, man. Jeez. But I mean, I, the, I got to go to Alabama. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you've gone, you, you've gone overseas like to do Russia. stories, but here's the thing. Like the reason, and, and, the reason we come back with good stories is because I didn't have 10 minutes to ask two questions in, in between 17 other questions. I had uh, two days right. to spend, you know, well, hours upon just, hours with a guy. They get to see stuff. they, yeah. And what we do is, I mean, it's about relationship building and they get, they get to let their guard down a little bit and, and see you as a, as a human being, you know, not just this dude that is in the pack with, you know, the other, ink stained persons that you know they don't really know so right yeah and so when and so when Vinny lecavier gets released or get his contract buys out by the tampa bay lightning right and i put in a phone call to him i get a call back i got a call back right. within a couple minutes did you really yeah because, well yeah because i covered i cool. covered him since he was 18 you know yeah. so and that's those relationships that we all need and and uh and we can serve the readers better. The readers. And I, I told know. a story that day, Rick, just to interrupt real quick. I told a story that day, Vinny Cavi, about what he's meant to the children's hospital. And I talked to the impact. So it's not just like about digging up dirt on guys. It, it, oh, no. It's telling their story. It's a story that he wants told, too, sometimes, you know, so. Yeah. No, I, I hope it gets back to that. But in the meantime, um, you know, we'll we'll struggle along here. We've got. This would normally be the combine date. We'd normally be in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, when you win a Super Bowl, there's no – the offseason starts already. Free agency is upon us. You're going to miss the combine? Somebody. Did you like – do you like the combine? I liked it. We're going to have uh, – in fact, uh, tomorrow we're going to have a call with Jason Light and Bruce Arians where they normally would be on a podium in Indianapolis tomorrow. That's how fast the combine would have come when you win a Super Bowl. Um, I did like it because the it's, it's a weird thing. It's the entire NFL is there. Every GM, most of the scouts, um, every head coach, except Belichick sometimes, um, and you had access to those guys, you know, and including, you know, we we would go all the way to Indianapolis mostly to talk to our guys who live here in Tampa, but that's where the access was. And then you had every college football player that's at the Combine where you can interview them, even the ones that may not be on a podium, you know, they have tables and things. You really do get to spend some decent time and ask great questions. And, and uh, the weather's bad usually most of the time, but it's those are long days and all of that. But it's uh, it's a really good good assignment. And you, you also get a feel um, sort of where your team is going, you know. Um, and that's, that's sometimes important too. So um, I remember one time I was up there, couple, it would turn out to be a bad draft, but I wrote two stories two main stories about guys in the draft. One was Vernon Hargraves and the other was Noah Spence. And the Bucks ended up taking Vernon Hargraves in the first round and Noah Spence <laughs> in the second round. And I went, gee, I'm smart. But I had, you know, I had some ideas. And, um, but a lot of, yeah, I do, I, to answer your question, I do miss it. You know what, Tom, I'll tell you this. This is good perspective. 
The last normal thing I did in my job, right? It's been a while, right? Was the combine last year. It was okay. this very time. Yes. Because as you know, when we got back, it was the beginning of March. And 11 days later, the world turned. The world changed. So one year ago to the day, as you listen to this podcast on Wednesday, was the beginning of the last thing I did in my job that was normal. That's funny. how long we've been doing it. It was funny. My wife and I were talking about it the other day, too, where we were. It was about, you know, early April, and everybody, everything is sort of shut down. And we and, and my wife said, when do you think we'll, like, everything will be back to normal? We'll be mm-hmm. back at work. I'm like, I don't know. What, what do you think? And she said, I'm thinking, like, by July. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, uh, I think you're being way optimistic. I think it's going to be more like, <laughs> I think it's going to be more like August. <laughs> And now yeah. I'm hoping by this August. Oh, yeah. Not... Take, take the over uh, yeah, exactly. on this August as well. So, anyway, check out Tommy at uh, pointer.org. And uh, thanks for being on two nights, two days in a row. Back to back. And better, better than, than ever. ever. <laughs> thanks, Tommy. Thanks, man.